Hey folks, Jeff Woods here. We wanted to let you know, pay attention in the middle of this episode, we have a really exciting update around a founding member's opportunity that we are going to have for a brand new event concept that we'll be launching this year. We'll talk about this more in the middle of the episode, or you can head on over to theonething.com slash summit to learn more. This is The One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. Your attention is incredibly valuable. The smartest designers in the world, though, are waking up, creating applications and technology focused on one thing, getting your attention for as long as possible. Think about it. Flashy packaging is branded to catch your eye so you buy what's inside the box. Companies are using push notifications and easy one-click purchases to capitalize on your interest. It's easy to give our attention to whatever shiny thing is in front of us. Yet, what becomes possible when you own your attention and build better habits? The person you're going to meet today shares what happened when he got tired of all the distractions that were constantly pulling him away from what really mattered. He researched and developed a new approach called breaking the twitch, which helps people regain focus and act purposefully in the moment rather than having an almost compulsive twitch reaction. As you go through this episode, ask yourself the question, what's one thing I can do such that by doing it would make having control of my attention easier or unnecessary? With that, let's get into this episode with Anthony Ongaro. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Anthony, where did your journey to being very intentional about forming habits begin? It actually started at an office job that I had where I was typing up some copy for a website and one of my coworkers came in and interrupted me. We had a short conversation. I looked back to my screen and I had subconsciously written the word Facebook right at the end of a half-completed sentence. And that was pretty shocking. And I, I started at that point looking at different ways that I was subconsciously clicking away my money, my attention, my time without really thinking about it. Hmm. So when you say clicking away your money or clicking away your, your attention, your time, what are some of the things that as you started to pay attention became apparent to you? Well, one of the big things was this idea of the false first step and how easy it was to just click a single button and then spend money, have money come out of your bank account 
and then something be shipped to your door or just how easy it was to open a new tab. And I mean, Instagram wasn't really as popular at this point, but you know, open up Facebook in a new tab and just be there. It was like command T for a new tab, F-A-C, it autofilled, hit enter, and then bam, you're sitting on the timeline. And this would happen all the time. And so I was seeing that essentially it was very, very easy to be pulled away from something that might have been difficult to do. So if you're trying to write something or if you're trying to focus on something that's a little bit difficult to figure out, you could instantly pull yourself away from that with something else that someone wanted to pull your attention with. Yeah, we see this all the time with the people in our community where they identify their one thing. And that one thing, because it's the thing that is actually most important that makes everything else easier or unnecessary, doesn't mean it's always the easiest thing to do. And it's not the most attractive thing to do. And you know, you got some of the smartest people in the world waking up working for these tech companies that are trying to figure out how to command your attention. So how do you be able to build that bunker and shut those things out when it matters most? Absolutely. I mean, in terms of the tech companies and, and things like that, these apps and, and all the services now, you know, really addiction is the new marketing. You have to be creating something that keeps people coming back if you want to even be moderately successful in the current environment of attention. And one of the big ways with that is like reducing the effort it takes to open the app, to get to the good stuff and make it as quick and seamless as possible so that you, know, you don't have to work that hard to get someone in. Yeah, that's right. So you, you you start paying attention. You're realizing, oh gosh, I'm I might be doing my one thing at my job, and before I know it, I'm on Facebook, or before I know it, I'm having a, a conversation with a colleague. What were some of the other things that you began to notice? Well, the big ones were social media checks. So pulling out that smartphone just in moments where I could be present, right? Where I could just be sitting there observing the world around me in in between moments. It really just these things kept soaking up those moments and taking them away from me. And, and those are kind of the things that really started to get crazy. Like I would open my phone for one reason and then I would be on Instagram and forget why I even opened my phone at all. It's like walking through a doorway and you go into the kitchen, you forget why you're there in the first place. It's like a digital version of that, right? And the other big one was Amazon, as I mentioned, or just you know, general online shopping. At a certain point with the one click, it got very, very easy to just think of something, think, oh yeah, I, you know, this running habit would be really awesome to, to build. I just watched this cool video about running on YouTube and apparently there's four easy ways to get started. But you know, I should probably have like, I don't know, a heart rate monitor or probably need some new running shoes too. So I go on, hit that one click purchase button that comes to your house. It's exciting. You feel like you've taken a step toward this goal of running. And then after a week or so, you're like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> and then those shoes are sitting there. The watch is sitting there. You spent money, haven't really focused on, like you said, the one thing, right? That just five minutes getting out, running around the block just each day just to get that momentum going. And you're you know, kind of losing out on two fronts. What I'm hearing you say, Anthony, is that it was just so easy to say yes to these small little things. Hey, let me buy these cords here. Let me get these running shoes here. And these small little dollar amounts, um, they're easy to say yes to. But over time, it can really 
add up to saying no to something that's much more meaningful, but would have required a lot of purpose and intention on the front end. And this is where your idea of breaking the twitch comes from, owning your attention, building better habits. How did you start researching and experimenting with how to build better habits? Absolutely. The the first thing that comes with this is looking at the environment that we were talking about, how essentially the, the click, the twitch is very easy. In fact, it's so easy that you often don't even consciously think about what you're doing and and re-putting the friction back into that process. So where it is being removed for the things that you want to create some space for and, and really design your environment around, you can put friction back into the process. So a lot of that looks like simply deleting a shopping app from your phone so that it's not quick and easy to open. Mm. And smaller step would be taking that app and, and moving it into a folder, just so your brain has a couple extra seconds to look for it, instead of just automatically you know, opening it with your eyes closed, basically. So every little step you want to take to break the twitch is all about creating space between the desire, that discomfort, and then the action you take very quickly to make it solved. And let's and, let, let's clearly define what is the twitch. Yeah, the twitch is an impulsive, unproductive response to different types of discomfort. <laughs> Sorry, that's just funny. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> the twitch is an impulsive, unproductive response to different types of discomfort that we feel. I totally get it. Totally get it. And, and as you were as you were saying, the the idea of just putting in a little more friction, I it, something came to me that was so vivid of when I was going on uh, my first sixty six day challenge to form the habit of checking my four one one before I checked my email so that I could start thinking and acting in order of priority. I began to realize every time I opened my phone, there was the email icon on the home screen with that little red bubble of death that would tell me how many emails that I had waiting for me. And I couldn't help it. Like I'm an extrovert. I've got FOMO. What if there's something that's important and they're waiting for me? What if somebody needs me? And I couldn't help but click on the email icon or it was so tempting to. And one little thing I did to break the twitch that really just has made everything else easier and necessary is I just moved the app from the home screen to the second screen over. So that when I open my phone, if I if I want to check my email, I have to make a conscious decision to swipe right to the to all the apps that I never use. That's that's a brilliant, brilliant example of creating some space, creating some intentional friction in the process. I thought you were gonna say that you just turned off all the red circles because that's what I did. That that was that was the next step. That was the next step as I put it over there and then yeah, yeah, yeah. We we got there. Yeah. It, it it's uh that that what you're talking about right there specifically would be the new information twitch. So there are actually a couple specific types of twitches, but they're all under the same umbrella, right? That's the new information twitch. It's that FOMO feeling that, all right, there's there's new information there. What could it be? I really want to find out. Oh, I got a notification on social media, whatever. Sometimes it's just Netflix telling you that there's a new special out. But you know, these are things we need to manage. We need to remove those notifications so that we can focus on the one thing, right? Focus on that thing so we don't get pulled away from it by these little things that are completely inconsequential. Yeah. And in, in, in the one thing Gary and Jay refer to what, what you're talking about is uh, sweeping for mines. You know, those things that are going to be in your environment that are naturally just going to blow up and take you off your one thing. 
And it's all those icons, all those notifications and reminders that we just blindly say yes to when we download the app. But now we can be really intentional about it and say, do I really want to be notified all the time that there's something new waiting for me? Or do I want to intentionally choose to go in and find out? Yeah, if you think about the, the premise of this, it's absurd to think that you would play Monopoly with your family, put the box away, you know, right? The physical version, go to sleep and have in the middle of the night, this box start beeping or something. And you go down and open the box and there's some notice on it that says, play Monopoly now and get 50% bonuses on your properties. Like that's absurd, right? Like we decide when we want to do that. Oh, yeah. The world. <laughs> Oh yeah. What did you find as as you went down this this journey and doing research? What did you find around your habits as it pertained to email? <laughs> that I would leave my email open all day and it would interrupt just about everything I was doing and I'd have it open in a tab and I'd constantly be checking it even if there wasn't a new email there. I read the 4-hour work week. I know about batching. <laughs> <laughs> but this was something that was just happening anyway. It's just so such a deep habit, right? To to get in and have that there and just feel like we need to be responding to emails, make sure we're getting back to people. And part of it has been just slowly figuring out ways to step back a bit because it really does constantly interrupt. It never lets you get into that flow state with focus and and with this deep work that happens when you can get past that initial discomfort like oh, I've got the blank page I'm trying to trying to do something important and I don't know what to start writing but as you sit through it it starts happening and then you get super focused right mm-hmm. but you never get there you keep falling back down the hill if you just get pulled away so I'm curious what did that journey look like and the and the reason I ask is because so many people in our community struggle with this. There is an expectation unspoken in the corporate world that you're in your inbox and that you respond quickly. And breaking that twitch for them is very challenging. So what did that journey look like for you? For me, it started in two different areas. The first was the external changes and then meeting those external changes with internal changes. So the external changes were one, starting to set expectations from other people. You can't just go from one day answering emails every 30 seconds to I'm not going to answer any emails and hope maybe I'll get back to you tomorrow. (laughs) So there's a certain amount of slowly and incrementally, just like focusing on a single small habit for a longer period of time, you have to make small changes to the expectations that other people hold of you. And I did that where I slowly changed my speed at which I would respond and start setting expectations of responding at certain times within my community, for example, things like that. And and that is a start of it. The other aspect of that is then I, I started exploring and experimenting with designing the environment to be harder for me to check. So a lot of apps got deleted from my phone. A lot of notifications started getting turned off or minimized for non-essential things. And then the problem with that is we set up the environment, right? We, we get everything going to, to get our perfect work environment set up. And then it doesn't work because all of a sudden it's super uncomfortable. Because now we are very clearly facing that discomfort of 
I need to know the FOMO, the, the, the desire to like check things, to grab a snack, to not quite sit down and just do the thing. We're facing it head on when we don't have these distractions. And so that's where the internal work comes in, where we need to start finding our mindfulness practice. We need to start finding our actual focus so that we can sit through that discomfort consistently and grow our strength and our ability to do it. If you're a small business owner, you got into your line of work because you loved it. And we'd ask you, was admin work your one thing? For many of us, it's not. And that's where HoneyBook can come in. They can take those tasks off of your success list so that you can focus on why you started your business in the first place. HoneyBook is an online business management tool that organizes your client communications, bookings, contracts, and invoices all in one place. It's perfect for freelancers, entrepreneurs, and small business owners that want to consolidate services they already use like QuickBooks, Google Suite, Excel, and MailChimp. With HoneyBook, you can automate your busy work. They have easy-to-use templates for email, proposals, brochures, and invoices. You can simplify your to-do list and stay in control with HoneyBook. And right now, HoneyBook is offering our listeners 50% off when you visit tryhoneybook.com slash one. Payment is flexible, and this promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. Go to tryhoneybook.com slash one for 50% off your first year. That's tryhoneybook.com slash O-N-E. One of the central themes I'm, I'm hearing right here, Anthony, is this idea that success is sequential, not mm-hmm. simultaneous. You shifted the expectations people had in terms of how quickly you'd respond to your inbox. You shifted how you showed up um, with a mindfulness practice, uh, having clarity on your priorities. But it's not like all of a sudden you made a decision and the next day you changed everything. It was one thing that led to the next. Absolutely. Anytime I've ever just completely radically changed stuff like this, all right, I'm not going to use my cell phone. It, it doesn't work. I mean, it, it's the equal and opposite reaction to any mm-hmm. change we make. It's like Newton's third law, right? We, we throw something against a wall really hard. It's going to bounce back really hard and, and get us. And we're just not ready for that reaction. Yeah. So it, it's really about making these small changes over time. Yeah. So, so I'm curious, when I, when I look at your website, I see break the twitch, own your attention, build better habits. What does it mean to truly own your attention? Well, attention is everything. It's literally the most important thing in the world. Because as we know, all we have is this one very moment. The past is gone. The future isn't here yet. And so whatever we're paying attention to in this moment must be the most essentially important thing in our entire lives. And so when you start thinking about it that way, You can only change what you're aware of and what you pay attention to. And so by owning your attention, as in understanding where it's going, who's pulling it away, what strategies are being used to distract it and arbitrage that attention for other purposes, then you can truly start building better habits and exploring the ways that we are showing up in the world on a day-to-day basis. Annie Dillard, right? How we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. It's every day the little things we do that we'll look back on and see as the blur of a life well lived. So that's what it's all about. And I think a subtle theme here is the idea of habits. And you were forming habits 
whether it's purposeful or not. Every single one of us has habits that we have formed and reinforced over decades. The challenge is for most people, those were unconsciously formed. We unconsciously formed the habit of checking our email when we open our computers. We unconsciously formed the habit of saying yes when somebody asks if you've got a minute. We unconsciously taught ourselves that if our boss asks us to do something, that that means drop everything and do it absolutely right now instead of asking, when do you need this by? Or my one thing is this. I see that you need help with this. Which is more important? How do you go about creating the space so you can be purposeful with your habit formation? It's really about designing your own environment and really identifying that priority. It's identifying the one thing that is the thing for you, thing that really needs to be focused on. And then looking at your desk, looking at your email inbox, looking at your social media accounts, your smartphone screen, the way that you are setting up your life to add resistance to those things that you need to not be doing right now. And remove resistance from the thing that is most important. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is, this is we're, we're, as we record this, we're in the middle of doing a 66-day challenge with the people in our Living Your One Thing community. And for, for so many of the people, they've identified that one thing. And we're having conversations with them about, okay, what does your environment look like? Environment as in the physical space, as well as the people that you surround yourself with. Is it set up to help you accomplish that one thing or not? And if it's not, they just got a much bigger hill to climb. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just added resistance. If you have people, things, stuff, we are, are not designed to be paying attention to this many things. We are, we are past our limitations as human beings as we were designed at this point. There's just too much information. There's just too much stuff out there that we're trying to do in the name of productivity, in the name of doing more. And uh, something's got to change. And yeah. we have the reins there and make it happen. Just when you look at your environment, whether it be the physical environment or the digital environment, what are, what are some of those 20% things that you stripped away that gave you back 80% of your focus? A lot of it, the start came from getting rid of a lot of physical things. So minimalism was a big part of it, of just simply removing distractions from my life. A lot of people look at it and think it's like this, I have four t-shirts and you know that's it. And, and one you know, couch, whatever it is for you. But for me, this was really just about removing distractions. And it was incredibly powerful. And for anyone, I think it's a great first step. Just looking around your environment, looking at things that physically might be getting in the way. Because in a lot of ways, it's a physical manif- manifestation of what's going on on the inside as well. So by looking around, embracing this idea of minimalism and removing distractions, you can just slowly start plucking away at the things around you and allow you to get started. Because sometimes it can be overwhelming to just have this idea now, right? Okay, cool. I get the twitch. I get that I'm supposed to focus on my one thing. But what now? Where do I start, right? How do I create this space for this? And and so Physical things is big because it's a reflection of what's going on inside a lot of the time and it can mm. be a very effective visual medium. Yeah. As you said that, I'm staring down at my desk. I'm like, I don't need that business card. Don't need that sticky note. Why is that piece of paper still here? 
<laughs> and it's 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 all clutter. Uh, and 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 from a high level, you, you touched on it. When some people think minimalism, they think of Steve Jobs. They think of a very restrictive wardrobe to m- minimize the number of choices that they have to make. What I'm hearing you say is, it's not you have to go from completely shift your lifestyle. It starts by just looking at something and asking, is this actually contributing to my focus? Or is it something that might just be a distraction? And how do I start to sh- simplify things and remove? And the beautiful thing about that is you start really small. You start with decisions that are like, well, this is a, a dead Sharpie and it's doing me no good. So I'm going to get rid of it. And you just get rid of one thing a day, right? Just start really small. But the cool thing that happens is you start building this decision muscle. You start understanding better and better what it is that's actually serving you and helping you focus and what isn't. And so it's not just the process of getting rid of things. It's actually the process that builds the muscle that allows you to do it better and better and better and get more and more clarity around what it is that you actually want. It's a yeah. I love that. And Kaylin and I just looked at each other when you said the idea of getting rid of one thing a day. Like That would be an amazing 66-day challenge for people who are looking to declutter their life. And you said at the end, the, the, the idea is that you have clarity on what you want, which if you stop the average person on the street and say, hey, what is it that you actually want out of life or out of your job or out of this relationship? They will just look at you at a, like a deer in the headlights. But the, the path to getting that clarity could start by just getting rid of one thing a day. Absolutely. A good friend of mine, Courtney Carver, uh, Be More With Less, she says, you figure out what you want by getting rid of the things you don't. Hmm. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. When, when you think back over your journey, it, what is one of the most powerful habits that you formed? At this point, I would have to say a fitness habit that has been maintained for over two years now. And it took a while for me to really figure out what it would take to just show up. But about two years ago or so, my wife and I started going to the gym together and we weren't like, all right, we're going to do an A set and a B set and then we're going to do this in this whole program. We literally were like, we're just going to walk in the door five days a week. We're just going to walk in the door of the gym if we do that, success. And literally that mentality of just setting a super low expectation because obviously, once you're there, you're going to do stuff, right? It's just—it's usually just that first step, and so exploring different ways to do that. But the, the biggest thing has been just the physical fitness aspect that rolled over into every other area of my life, which has just been wonderful. So, how has that halo effect shown up for you? Oh man, I eat better just simply by a default of wanting to capitalize on the work I'm doing at the gym. I still eat sweets. I'm a total sugar addict. And so that's been something that was like a twitch for me, right? Seeing sugar out or candy or whatever. So I've had to design my home environment in a way that puts a lot of resistance between me and like a Snickers bar, right? And, and so that's been part of it too. But that is one thing, having just time away from the computer and the work that I do, because ironically for Break the Twitch, I'm writing, I'm editing videos a lot. I'm spending a lot of time at home sitting. So I get to get up at six, seven o'clock in the evening and go just blow off steam at the gym. And it feels amazing to just come back and, and be reset for the evening. So just every possible way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. 
if we fly up to to ten thousand feet from from a high level, breaking the twitch is is all about getting into a flow state, getting into that zone where you really have silenced the noise and you're focusing on your one thing and doing it really, really well. What's one thing someone can do following this episode that would make getting into that type of a state for them easier or unnecessary? Probably the first tiniest step to this would be to sit and close your eyes and breathe for 10 to 60 seconds. That's it. Experience that just nothingness and that focus just on the breath and just exist as a human being. And understand that that feeling, although it might be uncomfortable a bit, that that is the discomfort that we get to face. And and when facing that, we grow and we get into this flow where you get past it and then magical things start to happen. Mm. So just taking that moment and being and doing that over and over day to day, it's, it's a beautiful thing. When you said that, anybody who's ever tried meditating knows that when you start just trying to breathe for a minute or less, how much stuff starts to flood your mind and how hard it is at the beginning to empty your mind, to be still, to be present, truly present with yourself. Um, And yeah, that's a greatly domino. Mm -hmm. It it really starts from there because those thoughts, it's like a, a pop bottle. When you open it too quickly, all that stuff just explodes out and you make a mess, right? <laughs> you just twist the cap a little bit. That's what sitting there for a little bit is each day, right? You just kind of uh, release a little bit of pressure and eventually, right? It fades, it quiets, and you get to this place where you can tap into that more quickly every day, no matter when you're doing it, right? It's just, you need to start moving in that direction, just bit by bit. Great advice. Anthony, where can people learn more about you? The best place is breakthetwitch.com. Everything I do there, podcast, YouTube channel, blog, all the good stuff, and of course, the member community. Awesome. Well, there you have it, our conversation with Anthony Ongaro. Folks, this episode is all about awareness. It's about being aware of what's actually helping you focus and what isn't. When you look in your environment, if you were look around you right now, Are there things in your environment that are just naturally there and going to distract you? What things are around you right now that might help you focus? How can we go on a journey to become more mindful about the things that we allow into our lives and our environments and the things that we make a conscious choice to remove? All of it starts with the awareness. Then, like FM Alexander says, people don't decide their futures. They decide their habits and their habits decide their futures. What's the one thing you heard in this episode that if you went on a 66-day challenge to make it a habit, everything else would be easier or unnecessary? You can track that habit by downloading a 66-day challenge calendar on the free stuff page at theonething.com. If you are new to The One Thing and are going, what is this 66-day challenge business? When you go to theonething.com on the training page at the top, you will see a free course on a 66-day challenge to help give you some more information so you can get started. And if you'd like to join a community that is on a 66-day challenge right now, go ahead and head over to theonething.com slash habits and you can learn more about that there. Finally, like we mentioned at the beginning and in the middle of this episode, we genuinely want to hear from you. 
Everything we do is in service of helping you invest your time better by having a relationship with your goals so you can achieve extraordinary results. When we look at the Productive Summit that we are going to host this year, we really want to hear from you in terms of what, if we created an event that would just be the most exceptional experience for you possible, what would it look like? Will you please share it with us? Before your next meeting, before the next podcast, please go to the onething.com slash summit and share your feedback with us. It really would mean the world. Thanks so much for listening to The One Thing Podcast. If you are new to the show, go ahead and click the subscribe button so all future episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device of choice. And leave us a rating and review while you're at it. We read every single one and it really helps us reach more people. Thanks so much. And we look forward to being with you in the next episode. 